For this episode of Dadding Black Kids, we wanted to give a quick content warning. This episode will contain discussions of race-based violence, trauma, and suicidal ideation. We advise our audience to practice self-care. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the next episode of Dadding Black Kids with Adelric McCain and Gregory Peters a podcast about fatherhood, black children, and the commitment to liberation within today's public schools. So, um, just happy to be once again in conversation um, and talking with you, Greg. Um, As always, I love our, our conversations, and our last one obviously had me Spiel, wheel spinning and, um, and and heart pumping as far as thinking about um, some of the experiences of our of our of our of our kids of our of our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just made me thinking about this this idea and role of of, of fatherhood and and what mm-hmm. that the complexities of it. But in addition to the complexities, just the feeling parts of of just how sometimes it's it's, it's it can be a significant struggle. Um, and so very, very happy to be with you once again to do some more meaning making and um, um, story sharing and whatnot. And we, we had an assignment. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so happy to start talking about that as well. All right, let's ju- why don't we jump into the assignment then, because I'm anxiously awaiting and looking forward to hearing Ella's response and sharing Devon's. Um, would you like me to go first? Sure, sure. Uh, so, so I asked Devon, I asked him, you know, our, our assignment was to ask our kids what their uh, aspirations were. And I should have expected that the first thing Devon said is, what's, what's an aspiration? And I said, what do you hope to be true in the future? And he immediately rattled off three answers. And the first thing he said was, I'd like, um, I'd like to, I, uh, he said, oh, what would, what I'd like to see in the future is to stop Trump, to get good enough grades to get into the NFL, and for all of this to be over. Mm-hmm. And for those who listened to the last episode of this podcast, um, I'm going to take some dad privileges and uh, sort of say what I think is underneath them. And um, when I hear... Devon say he wants in the future to stop Trump. I think what he's actually saying is he wants to stop hate. He wants to stop feeling hate. He wants to stop feeling like he's hated and uh, because of who he is, uh, because that's the association he has with Trump. And that's, as I mentioned last time, what comes up a lot when he's at his low points around um, giving in to these images, uh, even um even today, there was a conflict, there was a disagreement. And one of the things that he said, I know he's exploring his language and his negotiation, et cetera, and he's nine. But one of the things he said is, I guess I'm just going to go to jail. And so, you know, we, we talked through that and he knows that that's not an option. And uh, but it's interesting. I think I think when he says he wants to stop Trump, if he wants to stop the hatred um, for him and people who look like him. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, that's my that's my dad prerogative going in there. Mm. Um, and at some point, Adelric, we have to talk about how we talk to our kids about um, <clears throat> the reality. I mean, I love that his the NFL 
is linked to him getting good grades because I'm like, you can keep thinking you're going to the NFL and who knows, maybe you will end up in the NFL. But as long as you know the path to it is success in other areas, you know, I have some I, ha I have some okayness with that. Um, <clears throat> I think I'd be okay with it if it was another sport on top of it because of just the dangers of the NFL. But that's that's another conversation when we get closer to that, I guess. And to to some extent, this just might be normal for nine year olds. Yeah, I I am crazily surprised at how similar our children's responses were. Um, uh, Ella, at first, let, let me say transparently that. Um, I asked Ella after she just came off of being reprimanded. So um, <laughs> the first part of that conversation was a little bit tricky. And she said, I don't even have a future. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. So I said, let's talk this through. And I said, oh. what you're talking about, the emotions that she was expressing was about oh. the present moment. And so once we yeah. worked through that, her response was amazing and pure and um so similar to devon she first started out with she wants to be an astronaut and she wants to go to mars that's what she wants for the future oh. and uh that's coming from her watching the um different things that have been going on with space the different launches and the the, the coming back the, the splash drop and so that was a fresh on her mind and then she says um that she also wants Black Lives to Matter, and wow. she wants Trump to, she wants to end to Trump, and she said um, that she wants to stop the crazy white people. She said not all of them are crazy, but she said the ones that make me feel like um, I'm not as important. And so... Wow. That's to your point. I oh translate that to mean I want to stop seeing the hate. And I found it so interesting how she, what she equated the, 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 the hate to. Um, and it's just, once again, a, a revelation to looking, getting that chance to get a little glimpse from her eyes is what she's associating with um, racist. Um, and, and at times, you know, the, 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 the virulent nastiness, um, that's what she wants to see an end to. And that's interesting what she associates that with and how she framed it. Um, wow. So the next thing I'm going to do, um, this isn't this isn't an assignment. This is this is a, <laughs> a, a priority. This is an obligation that I want to further process that with her, um, mm -hmm. because we live in a very multicultural, multiracial um, community. And a lot of her friends are, are, are white. Um, and so I, I, wanted, I wanted her to process it. And it seems like she's already got a, a good glimpse. She says, it's not everybody. She said, not everybody. But I, I wanted to know where she got that language from, was crazy white people. I, I wonder where she got that language from. Um, and and what's, what's her, what's, what is she experiencing? Um, when she when when she's when she's thinking about these things, um, I I do know um, as I we talked about previously, like I I was shocked when the mere mention of police got her scared. Um, right. So I just I'm I'm trying to I I, I listen I I, pr I appreciate that we we engaged in the exercise because 
it it makes me really have to push more. I've been getting caught up in the rigmarole of just life, but it makes me really have to stop for a second, sit down on her level, and try to try to get a glimpse from her eyes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm struck. I was really excited. I couldn't wait to hear and all, and now I'm struck that. And I know that these are just, it's two children, not 200 uh, black children. There's also a control variable that it's our children, et cetera. But the fact that there was such commonality, I think is a data point worth noting, even if it's, even if it's, you know, you know, if a statistician would say it's unreliable or whatever, I, I think it's a data point worth noting around what might be formative now it might be, let's be real, what is formative for our children right now? What is actually in the makes, in the works for forming our children's not only identity, but their perceptions of the world? I think this is like this. Wh when are we going to let this go? Never. Like this is this is formative. We have to now hold on to this reality as part of the history and development that we have to constantly be countering or or to some extent honoring at times. Yeah. Yes. You know, the yes. other thing that I've taken away after hearing what you said, and, and I know I laughed at her comment because the way kids say things can be really um, humorous, but I'm also sitting here in a sobering moment thinking about how we are reminded by our kids right now that they're not, they're not supposed to be at a place where they can distinguish their futures and their presence. And so this is, this is, you know, they have the extra burden of associating what's happening now with their belief of what things will always be. Yeah. And so that to me begs the question of um, how to support with the best navigation, how to, how to be, how to, how to, not be an overbearing navigator. I think we've we've talked about that before. Like, right? Not 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 um, navigating to the point where you're actually directing, um, but you're 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 actually trying to just set set guardrails to explore. And what comes up for me, I, I got to be honest, is a a bit of um a, a little anxiety in the sense that I don't know. I, I haven't experienced the model of 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 that because this we've never been here before. At least I I, I obviously was not alive um, in the '60s, and that's probably the closest that I could think about what you're getting getting to. Like if a parent of a seven-year-old black child in the '60s, you know, might have felt something similar, but I I didn't experience that. I didn't have that modeled, and so how to set you up to still be able to feel fun about the exploration and it not be so burdensome because yeah. the reality is that it is burdensome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, maybe you and I can keep thinking about seeing what parents we know, what dads of black kids we know who were dads in the sixties and mm. maybe, and maybe I ask. That would be, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, that would be great. I think that that would be great if we could potentially find a parent to maybe interview a, a black parent or a parent of a black child um, from that period. Um, 
I would love to harvest that wisdom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I like the I, idea of having a child as well of the yes. 60s. So, you know, so. That would that would be great. Oh, that would be great too. Uh, that that'd probably be more readily available because I'm thinking my grandfather, but see, my parents were um, teenagers, so yeah. it's a little different. They were they were activated. I feel like our kids are just taking this in and receiving. So, mm-hmm. and 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 let, I, I don't want to I don't want to paint a picture. My child is extremely active. Uh, she's I don't think that there's been too many weeks that have gone by where she has not created a different Black Lives Matter sign. We've got two in the window. Um, Mm -hmm. She puts it on the sidewalk with her sidewalk chalk. I mean, you know what the kids say, are they woke? I mean, she stays woke. (laughs) That's awesome. But I, I, and so I, I think she feels like she's doing something, but I also can see that this is, I mean, from her response, this is weighing on her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked Devon if he wanted to come on one of these calls with Ella. And right now he's a little nervous about doing it. He's a little, I guess, shy. But I also wonder, you know, I wonder what it would sound like for them just to talk to each other without us about this, you know. I think um, that's a brilliant yeah. idea. I would love to try that. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, based on what you just said, right, Ella's experiencing something you've not. And even though developmentally, age-wise, she may not have all the same tools that you have, she's expert in something that you've not even experienced, you know, or at least moving towards expert because she's the one who's experiencing it, and that is of, you know, a child living in a time like this. And Devon, the same thing. Well, Devon's experiencing it. And the other thing that Devon has that I will never have is, you know, the uh, we, are, we are different races. Like he's, I, I did grow up in the 60s, but I grew up as a white kid in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a perspective of that time. And it's a very, very, very different perspective. I am clear about that um, than my my black and brown counterparts. So... Yeah, I would. I would love. Um, I bet you Ella would. Would if, if if presented would probably act shy. But I bet if both of them, once they've got the opportunity to engage, I bet you that shyness would go. I, I would just love to soak up their wisdom, if you yeah. will. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I think the same thing about the shyness because you saw before we started recording this call. You know, Devon had to find two or three reasons to come in. And so, (laughs) oh, yeah. Oh, and one of the reasons was he wanted me to give a call out to him. So big call out to Devon Dillard, Cruz Peters. And uh, he wanted to mention his school, Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy. So, okay, now I can I can play that for him so I can have some integrity to my promise. I'm about to say that was really important, so I'm glad you did it and followed through with it. It was and it was seamless too, so that was great. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because you were saying that you have to unpack and explore, and you know, and make meaning with Ella about this perspective that she's got around white people, and um, 
or her reality, you know, but the word she's using, right? Mm -hmm. And as you were talking about that, what was coming up for me was how we do the same thing here and how different the conversation is because I want Devon to be able to speak freely and openly about his perspective about white people, whiteness, white supremacy, all connected and all different. Um, and he's talking about it with sometimes with one of his dads who's white. And, and that certainly, um, I don't know. I don't know it, what that's leaving me with Adaric is a question of, is there anything he's not saying because of that? Mm. So that's really, wow. Well, that's uh, I didn't I, I I didn't think about that because he I've seen you guys interact, mm -hmm. um, both uh, you know in person, virtually, different ways, and every single time there's so much love and adoration. I mean, he hang like 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 kids do. He hangs on you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And so that is so interesting that you identified and surfaced that because I wonder what might be going on in his mind in seeing what's happening in society and then knowing someone that I love so much that that must cause some level of uh, disequilibrium, right, or some... Yeah. Some yes. some questions that must you know be hard to answer, and I don't I don't know if another person is the best person to process with, or is that a part of an opportunity to have um, to strengthen the relationship that you already have? Yeah. Um, because I, I see the trust, I've seen it, I've I've seen this the the trust and the love, um, mm -hmm. but I also I really want to recognize what you're surfacing because. That is a luxury um, that I have in my household, um, and we 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 don't talk about it explicitly, but it's definitely present in there. That our home is a safe space, um, yeah. and there is not too much. Well, how about this? We can regulate how much we let in the things that concern us. Um, mm -hmm. Depending on whether or not we turn on the TV, depending upon or not if we're having a particular discussion, that might not be as available. Um, but then there's so much. There's it's that it, you so you speak you're speaking to the complexities, and then there's also I see some some opportunities that 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 we might be um, having to think really about how do we how do we also make meaning of that because. For me, what I hear Ella and I see Ella sometimes, I'm concerned about her walking in a space of fear. Mm. Um, because she's a very sensitive child. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm con I'm concerned. That's that's why that 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 statement kind of concerned me. I don't want her to fear anyone, but I also don't want her to uh, just trust everyone. And that's the balance right. that I'm <laughs> trying right. to trying to navigate. Well, there's almost a, uh, so in the way that so when you say you're not you know like which would be you know what are the benefits and disadvantages of talking to a different person versus 
talking to us. And I and and as you're saying, I'm like, I guess it has to be a both end because um, mm -hmm. I just want to make sure the opportunity is there for Devon to talk without filter. And um, and when I say without filter, I mean not worrying about what I'm hearing uh, on a personal level, other than as his dad. And it makes me wonder who are the who are the in. So we explicitly look for black role models to bring into Devon's life. Even now, we're looking to um, get uh, somebody who can. Now that we're moving into virtual learning, we're looking to find somebody who can not do a pod, but do a pseudo pod in a black only pod, um, where the kids are still going to school, but there's someone the the kids are going to school in a small group with another adult, etc., and um, and having some opportunity to socialize. And we're explicitly saying we want that to be a strong black person for the reasons that you're describing. Um, and it makes me wonder, even for Ella, how strategic we have to be about for our black kids, which white people we bring into their lives intentionally and with explicit instructions of what their job is and what their role is. Um, and part of the reason I think I'm being conservative is when you were talking about your home, one of the things that I know is I'm not the only white person in Devon's family. I'm not, and so so there's going to be complexities because there are people he sees who are our family, who and are white and are in a different place of their whiteness. And he sees people in our family that I grew up with, that I love, that are that look like me, and he experiences microaggressions from them. And so I really appreciate this reflection because it's making me, even though we know that there needs to be a level of intentionality of who we're bringing into our kids' lives for mentorship, for that processing, for the messaging, et cetera, um, I'm really not just thinking about having strong black people, but strong black people who can have those conversations, but also which white people besides his one white dad who's going to have those conversations as, as white people. Yeah. I, and that to me is so that that I, I appreciate you reflecting um, um, and, and and what it comes up for me is thinking of kind of similar, like who are the white people that Ella can interact with? Um, mm -hmm. That's why I, I wish sometimes that we honestly did live, live in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't wish for you all to live in the Midwest. <laughs> Got more love for the Bay. Um, 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 but but um, because I, I, I just know that that part is hard. I, I, I want her not to um, experience this world as the only place that is safe is places that are um, homogeneous. I don't I don't I don't want her to to grow up that way um but then I, and, and i and that's part of the reason why we moved to to oak park i think um we chicago is so segregated yeah um and so i didn't want to paint a, a a false reality by moving out here but the because i mean oak park has a lot of struggles with uh, race. Um, but at the same time, there's opportunities to be to to closely interact with other people. Um, 
and have experiences. And so that to me was an added plus. But I, I really appreciate what you're reflecting on because just because you can be in proximity of people and, and perhaps develop relationships doesn't always mean that they're the right people. Um, right. And, and, and that's, that's, that is, uh, that is once again, something that's kind of challenging to navigate, but what I wonder, um, how I can, um, get and situate Ella in, in experiences where she has adults that she can look to, um, because right now she is, it's, it's, it's saturated. It's, it's, uh, and part of this is, is, is the media, um, just that there's this binary that's been created of good pe- good people and bad people. Um, and right now I'm wondering when she equates crazy white people, like what is she seeing? Who, who, what does she fit in that category? Is it Trump supporters? Is it um, folks who don't acknowledge Black Lives Matter? Or is it, is it, is it bigger than that? And um, Again, I don't I don't want her to be a person who's fearful of anybody. But I'm yeah. also hearing her say that people sometimes she associates certain people with making her feel less than. And that, yeah. that that's real. Well, and I know that that is associated with this notion of her possibly being afraid. And I also see so much incredible strength that at her age she can bring voice to that she can name that she can still get out there and write black lives matters on the on the ground and so eve so so somewhere in this story i'm hearing her incredible courage and bravery of constantly facing whatever those fears are so i i just i want to celebrate that i want to lift that and celebrate that beautiful um trait or or characteristic or strength of hers um you know, I, I'm 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 afraid to say this because I don't want to risk oversimplifying it. Because in our striving for what you're describing, and I totally we're in absolute agreement around this idea of how <clears throat> how we build bridges to recognize the importance of being able to work across difference and and love across difference. Um Again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but as as a white dad of a black child, I, I want to say it out loud and hold myself accountable. And still, we need to, or I need to, for our kids, elevate the priority of making sure there are those affinity spaces of just black spaces. Yes. That we, we you know, um, and especially since that's not the norm in my family, that is something that, um, you know, it's not to create, like you said, a false dichotomy. Uh, but it's to say both are important. And in this world, there needs to be an elevation and priority of that healing space that is affinity. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. And that is so um, necessary to say explicitly. Um, mm-hmm. That is the only level of privilege, <laughs> one of the only level of privilege. <laughs> Um, that I, I think that um, we have and that we've experienced um, in that uh, we belong to a black church community. We belong to both uh, my partner and I, Danny and I belong to organizations that are uh, predominantly black. Both Danny and I went to um, HBCUs. 
And mm. interestingly enough, if this is to this point, to this point, this is where this is this is privilege. Just last mm. night, we had a family game night, and uh, that was all of our our, our connectedness, um, all all black. Um, our connectedness was uh, was 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 through or via um, uh, Morehouse Bellman, um, nice. and either we are. All went to that school or those two schools, um, or um, we had our partners who um, were there, who so many of whom also went to HBCUs. Um, and so, what our children just see is black success, um, black um, um, love, black support. Um, black competition, like all of that. And, and she just is just soaking that up and I can see it. And I can, I think that that's a lot what I, I appreciate that, that moving to Oak Park, her pride has not been dented too much. Mm -hmm. I think she's more concerned with how much can I express my pride without getting hurt? Um, but but I, I don't want to uh, veer off into a completely different conversation. But just to say that I'm glad that you mentioned that because you 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 named that that is a, that is a privilege that we have and that we've exercised and leaned on quite often, um, yeah. especially in these times for support. Yeah, you're not veering off. I think it's important every time we need to be able to say these things. I mean, it just breaks my heart every time because there's so many people in our society where children have the privilege that they should have, which is to be able to grow up and not negotiate being themselves and being safe. Because that's what you're describing. Yes. That's what you're describing. And there, and, and, it, and, and I want us to keep saying that in plain language because that's what it's coming down to. I mean, that's what we're talking about when we talk about dehumanizing experiences or dehumanizing, or dehuman, dehumanizing society, is that children, Young children have to negotiate being themselves or feeling safe. That just, there's, n there's no question about what's right and wrong in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they have um, part of our, our work, um, and part of my work, um, we, we, we talk about this thing called integrated identity. And one thing, when I was saying that, I, I laughed when I said, um, um, one of those, one of only one of you know, one of few privileges, right? Um, and I think I, I laugh because it's just so disheartening. But this idea of integrated identity that a majority of affluent white men, there, there's no need for that because of the society and construct is just saying this is your world, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's one reason why. Um, I'm so appreciative that I have my HBCU community that I have because there is an opportunity to create a different reality. Um, and that is one of strength and pride and it's consistent in its culture. It's, 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 it's all around you. You soak in it. And the beauty of it is even once you leave that campus through our relationships, our children can see, can see that. But I really, really appreciate that that you that that you kind of um, uh, emphasize the need to actually be explicit about this because once she leaves the house and our 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 our, our um, 
virtual um, game night, um, and she enters into a school, she's going to then immediately, immediately have to start questioning. Yeah. Um, and that's the part that you're right, that we do need to be explicit and continue to say it, because that question of, am I worthy enough? Am I appreciated? Do, am I seen of value? Can I be everything that I want to be without risk of um, my spirit or my emotions or actually physical life in some cases um, is something that I, you're right, we don't, we don't surface enough. And it's just the most unfair question to have anybody have to ask that question, especially now knowing that we have elementary school age children asking that question. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be clear that that's not developmentally appropriate for them to be even asking that question. And now when I say that, I don't mean that they, because obviously our kids are wrestling with those questions quite, quite well, by, by the way, Devon has shows his strength. And I think it comes from his big heart and his love. He yeah. exhibits that strength, but it is super unfair to be asking kids this age to be wrestling with that because right. we, we, we know um, through research that, that is not what they should be wrestling with right now. Right. Their brains are still looking for the attachment of who's taking care of them. Yes. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just wrong. Yeah. You, you, as you talk about developmentally, um, I don't have a cogent thought to this. It's more of an exploration where I think it'd be great if something was out there, you know, me looking for sort of a, a sh I guess a shortcut around this, but or at least some information about it. But I'm thinking about how developmentally, um, you know, we have to we have to work through stages of developing, and frequently some of the work we're doing is built on the work we did before. And I'm thinking about the complexity of this social justice context of our world right now um, for for Black children and, and and Black people in general. And there is a complexity, even when we're talking about the answers our kids gave us, right? If we had our druthers, we would just sit with them and be able to give like the, the whole history. We'd be able to say, now here's the complexity of whiteness and here's how we bring a critical race theory to, you know, the feelings you're having, et cetera, et cetera. And yet what we know is that we have to meet them where they're at and say things that we know have to evolve later. And right now my head is worrying around like some way of capturing that so that I don't drop the ball for my son. Because at some point when he first joined our family, he needed to know that everyone was good, you know? And so there was this, again, here's where I'm saying the shortcut. I don't know if this is the right language, but there was some sort of, he needed in that moment to understand the importance of diversity, which is important, but not in and of itself, everything um, in our social justice context. And now he's at an age where he's able to talk about the differences, about that there's some people out there that are, you know, have, I mean, he uses the language white supremacy culture. And there's some people who, you know, push white supremacy culture and there's some people who are allies. And so even though it's, you know, the definition is widening, people still are in their boxes, like they're in either in this camp or in that camp. And at some point we want 
them to hold the complexity. So I, as a white man, am in all those camps at different times, that there are times when I am being racist. There are times when hopefully I will mitigate this for the future, but there are times in my life when I have been a racist. There are times when I am being an ally or an accomplice, et cetera, and that we want to hold the complexity of this with the complexity of people so that we're more prepared to navigate this complex construct that is white supremacy culture. And of course, I wanted my five-year-old son to be able to do that, and that's totally unrealistic, unfair. <laughs> you know, it's cruel to some extent, and yet it comes from a place of protection. But that's like, even as we're talking about them, where they're at right now, that is still a moving target that as they <clears throat> develop to be their most brilliant and powerful black people. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's not a question here or a point to it other than sort of an awareness that this is, you know, um, <laughs> there's not one chapter for this, that there's evolving chapters that might have for me, contradictory things at times just to be able to move to the next place. Does that make sense? I know I'm just thinking out loud a little bit, but does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. And and, and let me tell you my first initial reaction. Um, and that is, and I haven't felt this in a while, especially in this role as being a dad, which is hope. And that what 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 you are describing is um, that part of the strength that they're build they're, that they're bringing to this current moment, plus the way in which that they're wrestling with, and and and, and I think this is the key part: finding ways as adults, as their parents, to um, be the most effective navigator, the most effective facilitator of their experiences, um, it gives me hope that they're going to be able to deal with complexities in ways that we were not be able to deal with complexities because of what they've experienced and because of what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, and so I think there are elements of this which I know are very unfair and they're still going to, and they are getting through um, this 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 moment and and these these experiences. Um, but they're building schema that we we would have never been able to build upon us growing up. Yeah. And so, um, yes, it totally makes sense. And. I know that there are some elements, so I want to be kind of very careful as I say this, um, and only careful in the sense that I, I am too just kind of thinking through, but with the, my first response was, my first reaction was, um, these kids are already amazing, and they're going to even be more amazing. Um, it really is left up, though, to get the question of the right amount of facilitation, and I... I keep going back to um, one of our first recorded conversations where you were talking to what degree, what to what degree am I playing, to what degree and what role am I, do I play where I, I don't want to be as covering, but at the same time 
Mm-hmm. There is so much out there, <laughs> and I and I and I have the scheme and awareness of what is out there, um, and I I feel like that is that that still is that that question that is that essential question that you posed, um, that I, I I feel like is is the point in which, um, we can support their 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 healthy development, um, through this moment, so that they can show up as feeling as confident, as brilliant as they are, and really, really, really usher in change, really usher in significant change. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that a lot. And it makes me think because I, as I continue to feel like I, I don't know how to assure perfection around that. And I know that that's not what we're, I mean, that's not a realistic goal, but it reminds me to be humble. And even with a nine-year-old, the importance of us being uh, transparent and honest. And again, not sharing everything, being critical thinkers enough to say, this isn't going to be helpful or this isn't appropriate but to have the humility to say, here's what we're trying and here's how we did and what do we need to do different next time? Um, Because Devon, you know, we're having the conversation right now about no guns in the house. And he is uh, right now because his friendships are shifting a little bit, um, pushing on that. And, um, And every time he asks, one of the things that's been really helpful is that we've never said no guns just because we said so. We've never said no guns because our house just isn't a house that has guns. We've always said no guns, and in particular, no guns for a black boy because of all these stories and all these realities. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so so the good news is that's a test case that's worked, right? And And so when he pushes on it and we respond he's like i know i know and then that's it we're done and um it makes me think based on what you're saying how important it's going to be for even these really complex situations that we have to navigate or support them to navigate that level of transparency might be again age appropriately um might be a good strategy yeah, yeah. I um these past uh four months have been very humbling in so many ways. Mm-hmm. One of the um points that I appreciate the most is my kid can take on a lot more than I, I need to stop limiting her. Mm-hmm. That's on me. That is on me because everything that I want to say, I want to protect you from, she once engaged or once she's shown me, you shouldn't have limited me. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have made those assumptions. Um, and I think in, in hearing you just even um, talk about, uh, at, just as a, as a case study, the, the um, conversations about guns um, and no guns, um, um we're equipping our kids with so much more depth in these moments. And 
they'll have explanations for things that are going to be far beyond again where we were developmentally when we were their age they're going to have they're going to have so much more depth and 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 um uh, depth and, and understanding and i think that um that is just a that's just one great example of saying the things and being transparent in ways that might have seemed burdensome 10, 15, 20 years ago. But right yeah. now it's, it's appropriate because they can take it. They can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this is why if we get back to the beginning of the conversation, if we get some learning time with um, those who were either formative as parents or formative as children in the 60s, uh, you know, or during a similar time, should I just say, or a similar experience, um, there's some there's some wisdom that I know that we'll be able to use and uh, and hopefully humbly be able to take in. The other thing we talked about earlier, and I don't want to let this drop, um, when all this is over, as Devon puts it, I really do hope that um, we get to have our, you and I get to be in the same cities often, and I appreciate that, but I really do feel like we should work on having our families be in the same cities and you're always welcome here. Um, and um, yeah, like let's 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 make that happen. So Absolutely. give us a vision about this. Absolutely. And since uh, this kid who wants to be an astronaut, she just loves to fly. So I think that that's <laughs> going to be definitely something that's going to be a priority once once this is. I love I love Devon's uh, capturing of it once this is all over. I really appreciate that. Oh. I'm gonna please tell him that I'm gonna harvest that and I'm gonna use that as a, as a mantra. <laughs> That's so inspirational. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll start. Um, I'll start researching now uh, space-related museums or activities around here. So. Awesome. Awesome. The the the, the um. She, her, her, one of her biggest gripes about all of this <laughs> has been the fact that we can't fly anywhere. We just have to drive places, and that's just good for her. That's the for my own heart. I love that. Um, well, I hate to be the timekeeper again, but we are at time, and Adelric, um. My heart always beats with a little bit more love, and I always have a little bit more hope after these conversations. I, I am I, I, I always leave these with deep gratitude for you and, and deep love for you and your family. So thank you. Thank you. I feel the exact same way. They're absolutely soul feeding. And so just so much appreciation for you and your family. And um just uh, sharing and and um, engaging and being able to just process means the world to me. Amen. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. You Be well. You have been listening to Dadding Black Kids with Adelric McCain and Gregory Peters. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for Adelric and Gregory, email them to dbk at sfcess 
www.ghostdiaries.org.